Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from Down Under here today. After the international break, it's good to be back and we're going to discuss the game against Luton this weekend. Dad, nice to have you joining us tonight. Oh, pleasure to be here. Um, cold, wet and windy and very stormy on this end. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying that because I literally live about five minutes from you, but I just thought I'd add that in just for context. It's good, good for the listeners to understand what we're having to endure over here in sunny Australia, the fact that it's actually raining for once. Um, yeah, apologies in advance if people hear the absolute racket in the background of a massive storm coming through. Apparently there was a tornado not far from us earlier today, so um, fingers crossed that doesn't happen again because my roof is made of paper, it sounds like at least. Um, we we It's just the two of us for now, but we will have Sammy joining us a bit later. And uh, like I said, we're going to discuss the Luton game, but we're also going to discuss uh, the Fulham women's team. We're looking to cover that more closely this year. And uh, this will be the first podcast where we go into a bit of depth uh, after their first four games of the season and uh, look at how they're tracking so far. Um, but Dad, let's just touch on Luton before we get into the women's because I'll, I'll wait till Sammy joins us uh, to talk a bit about Luton. But um, the game what, this weekend... As our expert on Luton or something. Is Sam an expert? I don't think Sam's an expert on anything, is he? Um, But the game this weekend against Luton, um, you know, a a newly promoted side, you do look at these games and sort of go, this this has to be three points. Considering we've had a pretty rough start having to play Arsenal and Man City, does it feel even more so like that, that this is a real important game for us to pick up maximum points from? Well, it's an interesting way of thinking about it and I know what you mean uh, but that can't have been the Premier League's experience last year when we turned up um, as a newly promoted side Um, because I think from the outset we made a bit of a statement. Um, Having said that I don't see anything of the likes uh, with Luton and Obviously, lots of people talking about this is the true start of our season, and I'm hoping that is um, correct because it would be it would be nice to 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 come up against some um, uh, can I say modest opposition as opposed to some giants. I think that's fair. I mean, you, we we never want to slander another team. Being a small small club ourselves, you can't exactly expect us to. Um, come up against a team like Luton and call them small and say this is an easy win. But, I mean, I'll skip ahead a couple of slides just to have a quick look at the current league table because I think it does um, paint a bit of a picture for us. And, you know, we're sitting 13th, four games played. Uh, we've got a win, a draw, and two losses. The goal difference I'm not too fussed about at the moment after the Man City game. That's always going to be a bit of a blowout. But if we look at the newly promoted sides, Sheffield United, Luton and Burnley, um, between them they've played 10 games and picked up one point with a combined Mm. goal difference of minus 18 so far. And and Luton and Burnley have only played three games. Luton have minus seven, Burnley have minus eight. you, You mentioned the fact that the newly promoted teams last year actually put on a pretty good showing um, and, you know, were pretty competitive throughout the whole season and and finished off fairly comfortably between the three of us. Looking at, I mean, it, it is early doors, but 
Do you think it's slightly different this year and, and maybe there's a bit of a gap between the Premier League and these three newly, newly promoted sides? Well, as tempting as it is to make an early call, you're always thinking, well, you know, things can change and maybe we haven't seen enough. But I feel like maybe we have. And um, it, it, it feels like, well, I think we sort of know where Everton are. Um, and it, it, it feels like Luton and Burley, Burnley um, have, have got it all before them. And obviously Sheffield United aren't setting the world ablaze at the moment. So I, I, I just suspect that it's going to be really tough for those three. And, and, you know, in as much as we're not a big club by any means, we, if you look at those bottom two teams, perhaps, yeah, even those bottom two teams, um, we've been in and around the Premier League for the last few seasons. We've got, uh, you know, a, a large number of players who have a lot of experience in the Premier League. So, we we should be able to manage ourselves pretty well, and we shouldn't we shouldn't be scrumming with these guys at all. It's a good point you make there as well that you know um, us and and Bournemouth came up last year, and we had sort of jumped up and down between the Premier League and the Championship for a while. Nottingham Forest came in and just spent enough money to keep themselves up, but if you look at Sheffield United, Luton, and Burnley, Burnley are the only side who really had a, a decent stint in the Premier League. I know Sheffield came up and down a few times. Luton haven't been in the Premier League for a very long time. Um, but Burnley as well are playing a very different style of football to the old school Sean Dyche style Burnley that we we sort of remember and, and associate with Burnley. So it, it's it just sort of seems like these sides are almost preparing themselves to go back down again but being able to come straight back up, if that makes sense. They're almost preparing mm. to be yo-yo clubs and they're not overspending like Nottingham Forest did, like Fulham have done previously as well. They're, it's it's almost like they're actually being very smart and going, right, we, we know that there's a bit of a gap here between us and the other 17 clubs in the Premier League. What we're going to do is not overcommit ourselves to trying to stay up this year, but get as close as we can without pushing the bar too far so that if and when we do go back down, we can jump back up straight away because we're going to have a bit of a gap on the rest of the championship after, you know, a, it's almost like a bit of a work in progress. You know, one of the real features of English football is the promotion and relegation. There's no doubt about that. And, and I know when we look at, um, okay, Sam, I know when we, uh, we talk about our own A-League here in Australia, it really suffers from, oh, I think any franchise that, that doesn't have a promotion and relegation, a healthy competition, is poorer for it. But the conversely, the problem in England is a massive difference. I mean, if you look at the top four or six clubs and then the, you know, the other 14, there's still a massive difference in capability, resources, and just... Um, yeah, I think it, it is financial muscle and maturity of the teams that have, have been around the Premier League for a few years. And, and I wouldn't call us one of those yet, but I think you know what I'm getting at. And I, and I wonder if, the, the, obviously, the, the, the FA are very aware of the difficulties that 
clubs have on coming up and stepping up to the Premier League and look at Luton. I mean, they've got huge infrastructure costs associated with now, um, if you like, becoming compliant. I, I wonder if if the FA dollars, uh, pounds rather, rather sorry, um, are actually enough for clubs coming up to to stop the inevitability of that yo-yo because that can't be a good thing that you come up to the premier league and it's you obviously you've come up because you deserve to you've won you've you've won your way through and um it's it's so much more than just being able to compete on the field to to stay up there and the gap is enormous i wonder if more needs to be done what are we talking about? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's so say. like I'm sorry. Hi everybody. But like it's so fun coming in like in the middle of like one of dad's rants. I there is no I have no idea what the question was, Jack, but I can guarantee I mean, actually, it has absolutely now, nothing to do with what answer you get. I thought you raised some interesting points though. I want to build off of them. Well, but okay, what okay. are you going on about? <laughs> so I reckon the way forward is what we do is we blank our eyes and pull our headphones out for five minutes <laughs> and then we randomly just step back into the conversation to see Mate. if we can oh. add something or work out what the hell is going on. You know, uh, I was like, gonna, I was gonna say, Sammy. The question was actually, Dad, how was your dinner tonight? And we <laughs> somehow ended up talking about. It got, got pretty out of hand. That's not true. That's not true. Again, again, I th- there were some great subject matters in there. I am excited for this podcast now. But what are you going on about? <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so happy to be. You can here. listen back um, tomorrow. Wait. So wait, are we talking about? Are we talking about relegation and uh, the lower leagues? Because I, I got thoughts on this, Jack. What was the what was the original question that you posed today? It's uh, how matter. was your day? Um, yeah. No, ge- genuinely, we were just talking about the the gap between this year's promoted three and last year's promoted three, effectively, because uh, this yeah. last year the promote the promoted teams actually challenged really well. And I know it's early season, but my what I basically said was, if you look at Sheffield United, Luton and Burnley, having picked up one point combined in their 10 games they've played so far and with a goal difference of minus 18, it's, it's looking pretty dire for them. But I was saying maybe these clubs are actually building for the future and not expecting as much to stay in the league this year because they haven't spent on the same level that Nottingham Forest, even Fulham did last year. Um, and just wondering if there's seems to be a bit of a difference this year to last year. Uh, I mean, like we've we've been saying it for like a while. I mean, it's it, it there's it's got to be a huge disparity as well of um, jumping from the championship um, uh, to the Premier League for this season. I know that I know that um, the quality gap is significant, and, and like the quality of the championship is high. But, um, I mean, we've been talking about this for quite a while. I feel, I feel the Premier League's a whole other kettle of fish now. And for clubs like Luton especially, Burnley's a little bit different because, um, Jack, you could probably correct me on this, but uh, under Vincent Company, they've kind of become a lot more dynamic and a lot like an actual Premier League team as far as um uh, everything that i've heard about them i mean obviously they got pumped by city when they first came up but um yeah i i i the luton i think the jury's yeah. out on that 
Well, look, yeah. I don't think I don't think Burnley's bad, and I don't think um, Sheffield um, United's bad, but I do think that um, Luton are very much a championship team, whereas um, Burnley and Sheffield are a team that went down and have come back up. If that does that kind of make sense? Sure, it does. I, I think this Burnley side are getting found out a little bit this year. I think yeah. in the championship they were a really good championship team, but. You know, we, we've seen it previously, like um, think about Slavisa's side that came out of the championship that, you know, all out attacking football that was really exciting and we were getting good wins and um, you bring that up to the Premier League and it just doesn't translate because you can't play in the same way against Premier League sides. Mm. Um, and I think Burnley are, are probably finding that to be a bit of an issue so far. But again, it's it's really hard to say. We're really early season here, so... Uh, I, I think making judgments is always tough. And, you know, this this game stinks of a stumbling block. It stinks of an upset. It's one where you go in early season, look at it and go, this should be three points for Fulham. But it, it just, it's got that little voice in the back of my head going, oh, it's a 1-0 Luton win somehow. Yeah. Uh, to carry on as well, I do no, but like I, I think I think Jack potentially does have something on there. I was listening to a really good, I think it was an athletic um podcast, and they were talking about um the it was lower Let's be honest. Um, it might have actually been. It probably was to be perfectly honest. But um, I they were talking about how like um uh, when you go from uh, it's it's quite common where if you're in league two and then you get promoted to league one, you typically also get promoted to the championship because it's largely based on um, your quality of management behind the actual team. Um, uh, Because good management can actually skyrocket you very, very highly. And I think Luton is actually um, a case of good management within their parameters, more so than Burnley and Sheffield United. And as we've established before, uh, Fulham has a bit of a management problem right now. So I, is it fair to say that Luton's probably a little bit more harmonious than Fulham is right now? Possibly. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. We, we're really sort of coming into this game a little bit blind in the fact that, you know, all the players went off to international duty. We did see, I don't know if you guys picked it, but Zhao changed his profile picture back to Fulham. It sounds so ridiculous and so childish to be... Um, making comments on the fact that a, a player changed his profile picture literally sounds like MySpace talk from 15 years ago. But changes top um, friends. But again, it 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 is one of those things where you know maybe he did have a little bit of a dummy spit. We know he was really upset afterwards. He's changed his profile picture back to him in a Fulham shirt. Maybe there is a little bit of something there to say. You know, he has reconciled and at least he's back on track. And if he goes in January, he goes in January. But at least, hopefully. He's going to put his professional hat on and and get the job done, which is all we can ask for, really. Um, look, what I, I want to come back to Luton, but while I know Dad has to go fairly soon, so while I do have all of us here, I do want to touch on the um, Fulham women's team because uh, yes. we've been trying to cover it pretty much all season. I've been trying to contact the um, Fulham media team to get a little bit of extra access because um, we've been able to chat to some of the players uh, through Twitter and through some other socials. And, um, yeah, we'd love to follow the women a little bit closer this year, but finding it quite tough, obviously, being on the other side of the, the planet. Um, so a, a little reach out, I guess, to anyone who is listening who 
regularly attends the Fulham women's games, if you'd like to help get involved and um, filter through some match reports to us or, or even a, a little feature on the podcast every every couple of weeks or so, we'd really appreciate it. But what we will do is we'll cover off on uh, the recent results. So uh, league season has started. We are four games into the season. And I guess the big one that I want to cover is the massive result uh, on the weekend on Sunday. Uh, I think I got the date wrong there, actually. But the game against Ebbsfleet, uh, a 4-2 victory. Ebbsfleet United having a really good season so far. And it was definitely a game we went into probably hoping to get something out of, but maybe not expecting to get a win. Uh, and to walk out with a 4-2 victory uh, against the side who are probably gunning for promotion is a really, really good result. And uh, if you've watched the highlights as well, it definitely looks like it could have been 6 or 7 to us. So um, it's a bit of a tough start to the year, a one-all draw against Ashford and then a 2-1 loss to Dartford, who do look probably the favourites to go up this year, but bouncing back and, and scoring goals like it's no one's business so far this year. Um, Dad and Sam, I don't know if you guys have managed to follow... Uh, as much, but um, looking at those results so far, it looks like a bit of an upward trajectory. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, I, I honestly haven't been following it very carefully. I'm aware of the conversations and uh, the contact that we're having or, or the contact we're trying to to establish. Um, and as a result of that, I, I'm, I'm aware of um, the results. Um, but uh, look, just in a general sense, um, it's it's probably interesting timing that we're talking about trying to uh, promote the women's team, certainly from, from a podcast perspective, and, and give them a platform, um, particularly since, um, you know, Chairman Mo obviously was uh, the man that had the vision to start that team. Um, you know, some some years ago, and I know it's had a, a bit of a jagged path since then. But um, we we with the rise in uh, the popularity of women's football, you know, surely everyone would like to see this women's team uh, get back to where they really should be, and that's uh, playing against Premier League clubs. So all the support we can give them, I'm I'm very up for it. Yeah, I mean, echoing that as well. Like, if I mean, if we're if we're in a position where we can score six goals, four goals a game, incredibly promising. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be the strongest start. It just kind of goes um, back to how well you can actually play an entire season. And again, like, if we can be in a position to shed um, more attention to like the women's side, I think that's awesome. I think that's so important because you know, like, I mean, I remember like before we copped a bit of flack. Um, or I'm not sure if you guys saw. It, we definitely copped um, uh, some flag for um, discussing um, the Matildas playing in the World Cup. But you know what? We brought attention to it. And if we can bring attention to this, that's awesome. I'm super behind it. And yeah. Sure. Yeah, well, I wasn't aw- I wasn't aware that we did cop flag, but uh, on TikTok, I somebody was like, "Why are you spending the first 10 minutes of the podcast talking about the women's game? I'm like, because it's important. It's important, and I want to be. And, it's, uh, and it was good. It was good. And you know what? If you don't think it was good, I'm sorry. You're the problem. But genuinely, genuinely. No, that's this okay. Is good. That's fine. Yeah. And like, you know what? Like, the more we can support these girls, um, the bigger, like, we can create their platform. Oh, it's all A-plus all around for me. 
I, I fully agree. And, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough, I guess, to be able to interact with a couple of the girls um, through Twitter and be able to chat with them. And it's it's such a good group so far. And the biggest thing I've uh, – the sort of message that I've got from the first couple of fixtures is confidence is just sky high. Um, you know, you, you always come into a season hoping for the best and um, the team have made some really good signings in the off-season as well. Um, and moved really quickly with their transfers, which is something nice to see for Fulham for once. Um, but, you know, the, the confidence is just brimming at the moment. You score six goals against any side, it's always going to be, uh, you know, a massive confidence boost. But then to go in against Ebbsfleet, who would have been favourites for that game, hoping that you get something out of it and to dominate in the way that we did is is just so promising. And if we have a quick look at the league table as well, uh, we can see Fulham sitting right up there. Dartford, as I said, you know, the only team we've lost to so far this year, sitting fairly comfortably on top and, and probably going to be the favourites to take that promotion spot. But the fact that we are sitting so well so far and, and early in the season as well, having played Ebbsfleet, who uh, up until they played us were unbeaten and, and also had a goal difference of plus 10 from just their two games as well. So they're a high-scoring side and we kept them just to two goals uh, is a really good good result and you know it's all about just keeping the pressure on Dartford for the rest of the season and, and really pushing for those promotion spots um I got one more slide here as well just to look at some of our top goal scorers this year well in fact all of our goal scorers this year Sophie Manzi top goal scorer with three goals so far but great contributions from Sasha Adamson Tia Foreman and Georgia Heisman as well ill with two goals uh Edie Bouchelle Lily Lambert and Megaly Mendez as well all with one goal this season so it's a really good start to the year from the girls. They're, they're pushing for promotion, which I think, you know, having finished third last year is is probably the, the aim this year is to take it one step further. And all we can do is just get behind them as much as possible, um, try and get those attendances up at games. I saw that this year we, we're offering women's season tickets at Motspur Park, which I think is a really good initiative. And um, look, I hope our, our chat about this at least maybe pushes a few extra people to say, yeah, let's... Let's get down to the games and and you know support Fulham in every way possible. Totally, well said. Um, so look, like I said, we're going to try and um, promote the women's team a little bit more throughout the year. Um, we'll try and look at the under twenty ones as well if we can at some point. Um, like I said, we're going to try and also get in touch with the club and see if they can help us out and um, give us some access behind the scenes been chatting like I said to some of the players and hopefully get them to feature on the podcast at some point during the season uh, and also try and get some of the highlights but if you follow us on Twitter you will see that we do share all of the match results and we share the highlights as well so do make sure you support every aspect of Fulham um, you know they pull on the shirt just the same as everyone else at the club does so we should really try and get behind them as much as possible and um, yeah shed some light on um, Fulham women's trip up through the through the leagues, hopefully all the way to the Premier League eventually. Love it. Um, guys, let's jump back to this Luton game. Um, just for all of our international listeners, I'll share a slide here on our live stream, um, which shows a few of the different time zones that the game will be played in this weekend against Luton. Um, just picking a couple of those, a 7am kickoff in LA, 10am in New York, 10pm uh, over here in Perth and Hong Kong, a midnight kickoff in Sydney, uh, that's a 3 p.m. kickoff in London. So um, do make sure you tune in and get down to the game as well if you can. And let's look at yep. some of the recent forms. So 
Um, Fulham, as we know, a bit of a blip last game. But Sammy, how much can you really look into a loss like that against a team like Man City? Look, I'll be honest. I I I I had a little bit of burnout following the Man City game. It wasn't just the Man City game, it was everything that was leading up to it. I genuinely kind of switched off my football brain for probably about like I'm going to say honestly, a solid week. I like did I didn't listen to Tifo, didn't listen to like anybody else. I just your I just nose kind is of like growing. Uh, no, no, honestly, honestly, I was like, I was like, I am, and like, I was talking to my friend about it, who's a Manchester United fan, and he's, I mean, can, can you imagine, like, what he's having to deal with as well, like, and we both just collectively just went, okay, we need to genuinely just take a breather, and you know what, I, actually, no, I lie, I lie, I did lie, because I listened to Tim Ream's podcast, and Tim Ream's podcast made me happy again. Um, because Tim Ream's podcast is just a very warm, nice listen, and he's a very, very positive man, just living his American way. And also as well, that gave me confidence that, you know what, management might be all up in the air and everything's kind of going, it was going crazy a little bit. But Tim Ream reminded me that the boys will always play for each other and that these transfers are a part of life. They're a part of business. It's so very ingrained in them. If anything, I probably um, took it more personally than Jao did because he's a consummate professional. I have no doubt that all of these guys, yeah, it would have been a bit of a weird kind of couple of days following that, but playing Luton, they're just going to go straight back into it. Jao's coming off like a 9-0 win against Luxembourg. He's flying right now um, for Portugal, I mean. And I think Jao Paulinho's situation, I feel like that's kind of like the least of my problems. I think he's a professional. It'll be absolutely fine. I'm going into Luton excited. Um, I'm really, really glad that we didn't have to play Luton directly after Man City. I think this this international break has been so... So important, uh, just just to decompress. I don't know about you guys, but just to decompress from all the crap that went on a couple of weeks ago. Um, okay. I, I feel I feel that this is a, this is a thing. It's been a great reset. Um, I think if Jao had a really poor um, international break, maybe that could have maybe I mean, that would have been crappy for him. But he's had a great international break. I feel like. Um, Tim Ream, he captained in his hometown the other day. So his confidence is like sky high. Um, yeah, just, I'm just back to positivity. I'm back to positivity of talking about Fulham. Like, how, how good is that? How good is that? You know? That's what, what was we the question, want, Sammy. That's... I don't care. <laughs> yeah, was how, how, how was your morning? Um... <laughs> yeah, same question to you, if you can remember what it was. Um, genuinely, was great, though. Thanks. Yeah. Genuinely, though, the um, you know, the Man City game, it it does look like a bit of a a, a black mark against our names, uh, losing five one. Uh, when you look at those recent fixtures, I mean, it's it's not the best uh, best look. But I, to be honest, apart from that Brentford game, I don't think we've played badly at all this season. No, look, look honestly, I think everyone understands the machine that is Man City to play them early in the season. For teams like Fulham, who, generally speaking, don't have a great start because they're still organising their deck, uh, 
And I, th I thought we competed really well. And then for a bunch of reasons, it just, you know, going into the break and then thereafter, it was just a, a bit of a masterclass and a blur and, you know, a few unpleasant happenings and a few things to rant about. And I think it, it, it really inflamed what was a, a difficult little period for us. Um, and so I, I couldn't agree more that the international break could not have come at a better time and it could not have come sooner. Yeah. Um, was it long enough? Maybe. Um, as, as, as Marco's blood pressure returned to baseline, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to believe that things are happy and harmonious and we're back on track now, but I, I, I think there are some real problems that I'm not being melodramatic about. I think that everyone recognizes and I, I, I don't see a, an easy way through some of those uh, systemic problems, if you like. And I'm talking about the management ownership structure as we've talked to death about, but I, I, I certainly do believe that the team of now, you know, these guys, management and, and players know what, what happens. And after the transfer window closed, it's like, shut the doors. This is what we've got. Let's go. And I sound like Fabrizio, but <laughs> um, I, I, I do think they, they knuckle down and get on with it. And um, I'm, I'm hoping I don't live to regret this, but we probably couldn't get a better restart fixture than Luton. Luton at home, even better. Um, but yeah, I, I think the big problem for me is that we, yeah, they leak, they've leaked some goals, but on the other side of that, we're not exactly a high scoring machine at the moment. Um, I, I back us to defend well enough against a side like that, that, but you kind of want to be feeling that you're the team that can put you know, a couple, maybe three past the bottom half of the table uh, over 90 minutes. And I'm, I'm mm. just not entirely convinced that we're there yet. Interestingly, Jimenez did actually score um, on yeah. his international um, break as well. Um, well so against he... Australia. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like... Hey, I... Jack, don't, don't, don't knock people... Who who wear a Fulham shirt for their day job? Who can take a penalty? Come on! <laughs> it's actually a nice thing that we actually scored. Have a player who can score a penalty. That's a that's a huge bonus nowadays. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, um yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, Jack. No, I was just going to say I, I agree with you. It is it is good to see Jimenez getting a goal. You know, it's all confidence. Even as from the penalty spot, hmm. um, yeah, he came sure. off the bench. Came off the bench after 60 minutes, I think, and scored the penalty in the 78th or 80th minute or something. Um, Harry Wilson had a really good game for Wales on the weekend. Mm. It, it looks like no one's come back injured from international duty, which is always a massive bonus as well. Um, so look, I, I think the break, like both of you said, the break couldn't have come at a better time. We, we mentioned that there are a few sort of background issues at the moment. I don't think the international break is going to fix those, let's be perfectly honest, because they're, they're quite... No. They're quite 
deep sea you know they're, they're deep in the club at the moment it's a, it's not something you can just fix in a couple of weeks but I, I i think you know dad you mentioned that we're not the team that can put goals three goals past an opposition like that but looking at our recent results i mean we played arsenal tottenham and man city and we've scored four goals in those three games uh, i think everton and brentford we weren't we weren't fully there we were very disrupted by everything going on with Mitro and how that all went down. Um, so I, I think there's it, it almost feels like the floodgates are ready to open. Um, mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if we did put, you know, this is a Luton side who aren't that different from the team we put seven past a couple of years ago. Um, it, I wouldn't be surprised if we put three or four past them on the weekend. At the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a nil-nil draw. But yeah. it, it does feel like a game where, Fulham are building something at the moment. It, it, it could be that little moment that everything just clicks and we see Jimenez pick up his first goal. We see maybe Adama have a really good game for the for the first time for the club and we, we see some things actually happening. One thing as well is that um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I mean, I've said it a lot, but I'm just so glad that the transfer window is just fully over. This is our squad now. These are the guys who are going to be playing a lot, like almost, I mean, Jao's probably going to be leaving like around about January, but for the time being, this is our squad. These are our guys. And so we can actually knuckle down, as you said, yeah, all that speculation that's out the window. Now we can actually focus properly and just, just start working on this team. And yeah, L- Luton, I don't want to say Luton's such a good like game to like do that. Cause that sounds like a slight on Luton. And I, totally agree with you jack it could it could be four nil or it could be nil all and you know what god forbid luton score early on us that could be catastrophic for our confidence but at least now we are in the position to go forward with the rest of the season um like it's it's just forward now for me like and uh I, oh that's so important because we've just this has been such an annoying start to the season. It's been so, yeah, as you said, it's been so disrupted, so annoying. It's just, it's just felt that any time we were kind of like actually, like, like um, uh, we had the win against Everton, then we had all the Mitrovic stuff, uh, and then that impacted on Brentford. We had um, a draw against Arsenal, beat Tottenham, and then all the Japalini stuff. And like now, at least we are just, we just straight, you know, and. Ah, it's so important. Yeah, a hundred, hundred percent agree. Let's have a, a look at Luton's recent form. Um, they've only had the four games so far this season. Their only win so far coming in the Carabao Cup against Gillingham, a three-two victory. Not exactly the most um, classic of wins for them. Four-one uh, loss against Brighton, three-nil loss against Chelsea, two-one loss against West Ham. There does seem to be some sort of improvement there, although I'd say the quality of the opposition is probably lessened as the season's gone on for them so far. Um, Dad, are you expecting Luton to maybe bounce back against Fulham and maybe they're looking at this as an opportunity and going, this is the game where we can actually pick up our first points of the year? Look, do you... I don't think... Um, I don't... I find it difficult to believe that Luton would look at Fulham and think this is an easy beat, brilliant, can't wait. I, I think they're looking probably somewhere between down a barrel and up a hill that almost all of the sides are going to come up against. And whilst we're not a top four club, I don't think um, I don't think they they they're going to be thinking this is an easy win. And and it 
and points for them. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I I don't know. That, that kind of makes me nervous. I, I don't disagree with you that um, this could be plenty of goals against a weaker side um, or it could be nil-nil, but that's a kind of a worrying concern. It's probably... It probably says more about us than it says about mm-hmm. Luton that we yeah. can't even call that. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think I'm, I'm sure the preparation for this will be to try and get, you know, whoever plays up front, and I'm sure it will be Jimenez, to just play with freedom and with confidence and just to try things and to go for it. I mean, what what the hell can he lose? Uh, against this Luton side, you know he's he's just got to he's just got to try it and and if he if he keeps up his work rate, something has got to break for him. It just has to. I mean, you can yeah. already see it though. With I, I feel that genuinely, Jimenez is just a matter of time. I mean, if you compare how he was playing in his last season at Wolves versus now, it's really night and day. And I feel that like. You know, with like certain plays, you can really see in like their movement. They re- they just they just move in a certain way. That kind of like even even when Messi, say for example, isn't necessarily playing at his best at somewhere like PSG, they still look incredible, and their 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 positioning, their movement is still ace. And then everything else is just kind of like in their head. I feel that he is he's getting there, and I I, I do believe he will come good. My big, my my bigger concern is if he gets injured. I don't know what happens then. Yeah, look, uh, it's 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 definitely a game. Like we've all sort of said, it it feels like this could be a turning point for us, where it can literally go either way. It's a, it feels like a fork in the road. Um, we're we're either gonna blaze away. Players are gonna get the goals that give them the confidence to go on, and we potentially go on a little run because our fixtures after this are, I wouldn't say easy but it's definitely one of these little periods in the season where we've got a run of a couple of fixtures where we could pick up a, a decent number of points and, and sort of set ourselves up for the I guess for the first half of the year at least or it's one of those games where everything sort of falls flat and falls into a bit of a heap and if that's the case I, I would put that down to um, you know potential issues in the back room where we don't really see what's going on, but it's affecting the, the whole culture of the side. And, you know, we talked so much about how the culture last year was, was so positive and everything seemed to be vibing off that almost. And maybe um, this season, well, I, I hope not, but um, it, it's possible that there's, that some of that started to break down a little bit. And I'm hoping that we can sort of protect that and get it back a little bit. Um, and I think, like we've said a couple of times, this international break came at a really, not just a good time, but a really important time for us with yeah. that transfer window closing and, and a few issues in the background going on. I think it's it's a really important time for us to all just take a bit of a break and calm down. I mean, well, spare a thought. We, we were all looking, we were all looking for a break in proceedings uh, when the international break came along, spirit of thought for Tony Khan. He must have been rejoicing when when the spotlight dimmed and went elsewhere. Right? Yeah. I don't want to well, talk about Tony Khan so. right now. I've like I've 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 just come down from like that level of rage. I'm not I'm not giving him the time of day. Let's um. <laughs> 
look a little bit, and there's there's one player I want to just focus on a little bit at Luton, and that is the ex-Fulham forward Corley Woodrow, who um, played in the Premier League for Fulham 10 years ago, which is kind of crazy to think about because he, he still feels like a kid to me, but I guess he's not. He's, he's only a year. He's in his 30s now? No, he's 29. Um, but, you know, 10 years ago, made six appearances for Fulham and scored one goal in the Premier League. Um, and I think that was the season we went down 13, 14. Um, mm. but he's back in the Premier League again, playing with Luton. He's made, played two games this year, yet to score a goal for Luton so far. But, um, could it be one of those moments where an ex player comes back to bite you in the arse and scores a goal, uh, at Craven Cottage 10 years after doing so the last time? Mm. Yeah, nah. I feel I feel like that was a very different Fulham, and I'm I'm sure I'm sure he's a very different person. At least I hope he is. Um, uh, as much as we all would like to be a different person from when we were 19 to 10 years on, um, yeah, I, I like I I don't really think it has a massive amount of weight. I'm maybe it has like a small little bucket list tick thing for himself, but I'm 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 not too worried about his revenge for lack of a better word. I think perhaps Jack is thinking more in terms of just how annoying that would feel that yet another, um, you know, Fulham youth player actually um, leaves a little mark on us that it could have been ours. Oh, look, but like when, okay, for, for, for us, because I think our academy is so successful and there's quite a lot of players that go through us and then um, go on to be successful. And I know that there's the conversation that we should be holding those players. But as long as we're kind of in the place that we are, I think realistically that's never going to happen. And our main talent will always be purged by more um, glittery options. So I, I, don't, I don't necessarily read too much into that. If anything, I get more annoyed when uh, William doesn't, pull like an Adama Traore when we play Chelsea and just run the entire pitch to celebrate in front of them. But yeah, say that V. You mean Adebayor there, but close. Oh, um, sorry. But, sorry. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. As um, Ash from FFC and me mentioned, uh, Corley Woodrow is probably the more prominent Fulham player, seeing as he did make uh, 54 appearances for us in the league um, uh, across a span of eight years. But the other player who is playing for Luton, who has been pretty prolific in the last couple of years is uh, Elijah Adebayo. Uh, he's now played 103 games for Luton uh, with 28 goals to his name just across the last um, three seasons in the championship. Last season, he scored seven in the league. Season before, he scored 16. But, um, you know, he, he's a decent-looking striker as well. He actually joined Fulham back in 2007 at the age of nine, and was with Fulham for nine years. Didn't make an appearance for the club. Uh, we loaned him out multiple times and then sold him in 2019. Um, but since selling him, he's you know he's only 25 and he's come on leaps and bounds and and looks a real handful for Luton this year. So interesting playing against a team like Luton and seeing two ex-Fulham players who who spent some time at the club um, at the same time actually they were both at Fulham and, and now going to be leading the line against Fulham this weekend. So. Um, Interesting little one there. Um, I'll share some of the questions coming in as well on our live stream. One here from um, William Densky, who's been able to join us on Facebook tonight. Um, 
do you think Zhao can keep giving us 100% when he's got a transfer out sitting in the back of his mind? Dad, I'll throw to you first. I, I, I think the, my simple answer is yes. I do believe that. Um, we, we, we're yet to see any evidence of that. But I, I, I look, I think it's um, there was such a lot made of all of this in the media, and I've no doubt that he was very disappointed. But I'm not certain that there was a, a meltdown or any kind of personal problem between any of the key people here and, and Joe, although, although Boa, Boa's Instagram, if, if, if we can de decrypt uh, Boa's Instagram, if, if it had any, um, if he was targeting uh, Joe's behavior, that doesn't bode well, but I, I actually do think he's going to do a job. I think, He's a, he's a very simplistic player. And I think when he gets out on a field and he sees the ball and an opposition has the ball, he will take it off them and break them in the process. I, don't, I think it's instinctive in him. I don't think he thinks about it too much when he's out there. Yeah, I, can't, I, I tend to agree. I feel, honestly, I feel that there are some people who are just so good at their jobs, even when they phone it in, they are still significantly better than everybody else around them. And I also think Jao's the type of player, as Dad just said, I think Jao's the type of player where um, regardless of how he's feeling, when he's on the pitch and he's playing, he gives 110% because that's just what he does. And yeah, he's probably he has ambition to go on and do bigger stuff than us. But I think he wanted to do that before Fulham and he'll want to do that after Fulham his period is over, but in the interim, when he's playing, he, I think he can very much separate. Um, the, he doesn't seem like a petty person. Um, I mean, I know that there is all the stuff about like him changing his Instagram picture, but honestly, I think that's just more down to marketing. It was part of an international break. And yeah, as dad said, I think he's, I think he's very simplistic in the way that he goes about these things. I think if he is selected in the starting lineup, he is going to batter people. If he is playing for Portugal, he's going to change his profile picture. I don't, I don't read a whole lot into it. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think from, I, I mean, we've only had Jao around for the last twelve months, but from everything I've seen so far, he really seems like a like a proper professional. And I, I get that he was really upset at everything that happened, but I don't think it's going to affect him too much in the long run. Um, Sam, he didn't play last game. Do you expect him to start? I do. I think I think it would be very silly for him not to start. I mean, regardless of like regardless of um how he's feeling and all that sort of stuff. And I know I don't know there will be some sympathies in the camp towards um him or at least there should be especially on like Silver's end. He is still a Premier League player. He is still going to want to do his best. He does genuinely seem like the person that just always wants to be selected, always wants to start. Um, I, 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 I don't, I don't get a ness from him. I could be one hundred percent wrong, but I think Japalinia will always want to start as long as Japalinia has the ability to start. And I think the I can't, I can't see a logical reason for Silva to bench him. Like I really can't. Yeah, I agree, Dad. Oh, impossible for me to envision that he doesn't start. If he doesn't start and he hasn't come back with an injury, 
and he's been away for a couple of weeks, there's something deeply wrong that we don't know about. And I just don't believe that's going to be true. Yeah. I mean, like he played with a cast the entire of last season. Even if he has a niggling injury, he's just, I mean, he's made of concrete. He's made of concrete and protein. That is what Giappolini is made out of. And, and paella. Paella. Sam with the little racial twist at the end there. Good good job, Sammy. Um, I like guys, that, okay. Uh, I'm not going to dig, dig any deeper into that comment. Um, guys, what I will do before this game, I will ask for your predictions. We all predicted a draw against Man City in varying uh, amounts, one or two all and three all. Sammy, I'll start with you. Uh, your prediction for this game, what's the score going to be? Um, a conservative 1-0 to us. I like that. I assumed you meant that. Um, Dad? Um, I, I, I really want to say 3-0 to, to Fulham. Um. Because I'm big on threes at the moment, you know. I'm... You love a three. <laughs> um, but I feel realistically it's probably going to be two nil. I don't. I don't think they'll score against us. I think we'll we'll keep them out. And I I think Jimenez is going to score, and then there'll be another another goal from the wings. So you're going two nil. Two nil. I am going to go with four two. To Fulham, Ooh. I think this is going to be a rollicking game of counterattacks and goals galore. Uh, I fully expect us to come out on the front foot and score two fairly early, um, go three nil up, then concede one. Um, they maybe pull another one back, and then we pinch one while they're trying to attack too hard. I, I just see goals in this one for both teams. I think. Luton will probably throw the kitchen sink at us a little more than they have the other sides because based on what we've seen from them so far, they kind of have nothing to lose in some of these games. And mm. so I think this one's going to be very open and I, I'm expecting goals. But I do think Fulham are going to come away with the, the three points here. I honestly um, think it's going to be a really boring game. <laughs> I, 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 like, I like what you've said in concept, and I, I like the storyline of that. You know me. You know me. I love a narrative. But honestly, I think this game is literally going to be Fulham playing conservatively and maybe like just getting back into it and Luton essentially coming at us but I think we'll have the competitive edge on them because I think man for man, we're a better squad. But yeah, confidence and getting back into the swing of things is going to be our biggest issue. I can't see us, I can't see us doing four goals. I really can't. Um, I'd love it. Seven passing before, so why not? Yeah, it's true. It is true. Um, no, I, look, I, I think this is, it's just going to be open. But I, I agree. I, I think it, it's possible, Sammy, that both teams will not want to lose this one so badly that there, there might be a bit of parking the bus happening. And so we might see a little bit more defensive work from both sides. And, and maybe it does turn into a bit of a slugfest in who can break each other down mm. quickest. It's either going to be that or an incredibly open game. I don't think it's it's going to be a game full of half chances and, and missed opportunities. I think... Goals are going to be scored, or both teams are going to shut up shop. So I'm 
I'm excited to watch this one this weekend, especially after an international break. I think everyone's always champing at the bit for just give me, give me football. Let's let's get back into it again because yeah, honestly, international breaks nowadays just feel so drab, and um, they just drag. And I, I'm just glad we're back to being able to watch Fulham play, and I'm glad we're not having to play against Man City this weekend because mm-hmm. um, it's it's nice to go into a game thinking you might actually win, and um, this is one of those games. So. Look, guys, I think we can probably wrap it up there. Um, one thing I will say as well, we, we covered that we're playing against Luton this weekend. I'll just mention as well that the Fulham ladies are away to Salt Dean United this Sunday as well. Um, hopefully they can get a win on the road um, and back up that really good home form we've had recently. So good luck to both teams this weekend. Sammy, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to have a shower. Um, this was a poorly managed um uh, uh rostering for the podcast but you know what i feel i feel that like we've come away with some good stuff here i'm happy and uh benson said they wanted to start listening to this so benson if you're listening uh, uh congratulations for getting this far i was gonna say that that's a better shout out this time after 52 minutes than the last shout out you did after 104 an hour and oh, yeah. 47 to uh, your yeah. friend from work um, yeah. So, yeah, fingers crossed Benson's actually listening in. Well done. Thank you for listening, Benson. Um, and, Dad, thank you for listening. I've just heard the rain starting on my roof again, so I reckon your caravan work's all finished up for the night. It is. Uh, got a um, communique halfway through and uh, thought I'd treat you to the rest of my presence. So uh, there you go. Um, is it worth mentioning for those who are not aware but may have an interest, uh, when the Fulham ladies are playing, Jack? Uh, you didn't hear me do that just before when I said they play Salt Dean on Sunday? Wow, Dad, it's all about exposure. Uh, it's all about exposure, you know? Yeah. Do we have to th- convince you my... as well? <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did hear Salt Dean. I didn't hear Sunday, but uh, it may have been the rain on your skinny roof. Yeah, I know. Fair call. Um, no, I'll just confirm that. So it's a 2.30 p.m. local time kickoff against Salt Dean. That's on Sunday, the 17th of September, and that's at Hill Park, wherever on earth that is. Um, I'm sure there, there, hopefully there's some more information out there. I'll try and find a link to that. Um, but, yeah, against Salt Dean, who, if we have a quick look at the table... Uh, but but we are we can see that Salt Dean are actually sitting in second place, so um, it'll be a, a pretty good game against a good side playing away from home. They're unbeaten this season, one of only two teams this year to be unbeaten. And then the week after is a game at Motspur Park against Millwall Lionesses as well. Um, so a, a couple of good games coming up uh, before uh, our FA Cup run starts in October against Stenningtown, uh, which I think only recently got drawn. So. Um, yeah, definitely. If you are based over in England, please do get down to support the women. Um, it's it's not expensive to get down and buy tickets to the home games or the away games as well. And um, to be able to be right up close to watch these girls play is um, definitely worth doing. Uh, having a quick look at the game against Millwall, tickets at Motspur Park, anywhere from one to five pounds. So it's an absolute bargain. If you've got kids especially, you should definitely take them down. Go to Motspur Park um, and watch a game live. It's definitely worth getting down and supporting the women. Did you um, see how I did thank that? Thank you for that little prompt there, Dad. Good did, job. Did you, did you see how I did that? I brought it back. You're welcome, girls. <laughs> Good job. Um, <laughs> anyway, guys, let's wrap it up there. Uh, thank you again for 
getting involved tonight. I know completely my fault for single parenting all by myself, doing a really good job and uh, delaying the podcast until the very last moment. So thanks for being flexible and getting online. Uh, it's been good to chat through this one and um, looking forward to chatting during the game with both of you. Um, Sammy, you'll probably be out drinking somewhere on Saturday night. I am drinking on Saturday because oh, I'm going to I'm going to a house party with Benson. That's why they're here. <laughs> actually, so, yeah, I, he... I'm out as well, actually. Um, uh, oh, you guys are I'm useless. Out of... oh, no, because what's going to happen, what's going to happen is I am definitely going to get bored at some point and then the phone is going to come out and then Paris is going to judge me and that is, that's, that's, that's just how we roll, baby. Well, um, we've got uh, one of mum's friends over from um, Paris and so um, that's actually pretty good because I'll just be sitting in the corner on my phone and they'll be talking about old times and uh, I'll be able to watch the game. So and we just, just top up. Nip off to the toilet a few, few yeah. times and just disappear for half an hour, or 45 minutes at a time. <laughs> Come back and go, yeah. oh, geez, my guts. That's, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh no, I'm going to have to go back in again. Yep. Um, anyway, we're looking forward to covering this one afterwards after, Sam, you've hung overly watched the, uh, the highlights of the game. We can actually talk about this one. So, um, <laughs> Thank you again, guys, for joining us. And thank you to everyone who's joined in on the live stream. Um, thank you to the the FFC women's players who've reached out on social media and interacted with us. We really appreciate it as well, giving us uh, a bit of an insight into what's going on behind the scenes. And uh, please do like, subscribe, share, all that stuff. It really does uh, make a difference. We're pushing a 1,000 people on our Twitter now as well, which is great. So love to jump past that mark. Dad's having a good laugh at that after we were joking about um, me. I was sitting in my blue light before and uh, saying, you know, feel like one of those YouTubers who's always saying like and subscribe and um, make sure you smash that like button. So thanks, everyone. Um, but no, re we really do appreciate all the support, Are we sponsored by guys. Squarespace yet? <laughs> yeah, I can share the code next week for uh, your 5% discount with Squarespace. Um no, I, I really genuinely do appreciate all the support everyone's given us and all the interactions we have with all the people who do listen to the podcast. It's it's really appreciated and we we love doing this. And, uh, and if Squarespace do want to sponsor us, we are open to that as well. <laughs> Just putting that out there. We love you, Squarespace. Yeah, or, or, or Square Register. Yes. Just... Is, yeah. Or just if if Fulham want to fly us out, we'd be fine with that as well, yeah. guys. Like, I mean, if we're Mubi, just Mubi, Mubi as well. Like, okay, <laughs> right. Let's wrap it up there because we're losing track. Anyway, guys, thank you so much, everyone, for listening in. And until next time, come on, you whites. <laughs> <laughs>